You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. I am your host for today, Alan. And we're going to go ahead and get started with our NFL episode. And it's been an interesting February 1. It's Black History Month, right? And Brian Flores is suing the NFL. What a wonderful way to start off Black History Month. (laughs) So Brian Flores uh, went ahead and filed uh, a lawsuit against the NFL. primarily stating that he's been dealing with sham interviews. And, you know, of course, at this particular point in time, well, technically there's two minority, well, three minority coaches, but there's only one black head coach, and that's my head coach, Mike Tomlin. And so in this particular case with the Dolphins, their owner, wanted Brian Flores to uh, basically just tank. And for every game that they lose, he was willing to pay him $100,000 per loss. Brian Flores wasn't having that. They started winning. The Broncos, everybody showed up late. Everyone was hungover. And lastly, with the Giants, uh, apparently through uh, via text, uh, Bill Belichick, text Brian Flores thinking he was texting the now head coach Brian Dabo from the Buffalo Bills thinking that congrats you got the job but then Brian is like yeah I hope I get it too uh but my interview is on Thursday so my man's out here already taking the interview and the job is pretty much secured so at this point we see just doing the the due diligence of the Rooney rule after you already got your guy. Now, how do you guys feel about this whole scenario of everything taking place? Uh, uh, um, I hate to say it, but it doesn't look good. And it, somebody has to break the mold. Somebody has to take the step in. Somebody has to make the effort to make sure this doesn't happen. This is ridiculous. We have more than qualified black or people minority black coaches i'm gonna say black coaches to to do the job you know it's over years over years they moved the goalposts they said you have to be coordinators and we have a plethora of of african-american coordinators where they end up hiring mostly white and for instance joe judge joe judge should have never ever been a quarter uh coach he 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 has no requisite background to, to 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 other than he was a what a, uh, a offensive not an offensive special teams coach, so for this to happen on the Giants' watch, it it's sad and saddened. It's really saddened, and it, and I'm glad he stepped up. It may cost him, but he about he's about to get paid. He's about to get paid, and it it, it doesn't even um Eric the uh, the enemy right the enemy. This dude, uh, what's uh, what's the Chiefs coach again? Uh, Dan, uh, Reeves, not Reeves. Um, Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Andy Reid's right. Andy Reid's had to say it. He's the one who's calling plays, and still he's overlooked. 
and and it's 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 messed up, man. It's really sad that he has to do that. And my Giants are the head of this, which is even more disgraceful. Not surprising, but even more disgraceful. And so I think I think Bill Belichick kind of did it. You know, this dude who crosses his eyes, dot his T's. I kind I think he knows kind of who and what and um <laughs> who was supposed to who he texts. So um. You know, and I think Belichick still has a, a post of the Giants. That's where he started his career. All great things come from New York. So I, I think that text he sent was not deliberately, deliberately in error, but more of like, hey, this is ridiculous. That's what I'm going to say. But So I'm going to wait for the rest of the investigation. But on paper, the Dolphins look trash. The Giants look trash. And what was the other team? One more team. Dolphins, Giants, and... Denver, the Broncos. Denver. Looks trash. NFL has just put up a, 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 a fake rule, which could be easily circumvented. No penalties, nothing. So someone has to step up and be, I hate to say, sacrificial lamb, but this is ridiculous. It's, 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 this is something, you know, for me, it's difficult to talk about. You know, it's just, it don't look good. Um, it's sort of in, and in order to fix things like this, it's sort of like uh, politics right now. We need to get the new people in, the new generation who understands that it's not about the color of your skin or it's more about what you can perform. All right. Um, just because he had three interviews, did that mean he was going to get the job? No, but it seems like he was canceled out because of the color of his skin. Listen, the job should go to the to the person who is in the best capability of bringing success to the team. If he was able to do that, he should have got the job. I don't want the people that was interviewed. Um, it sort of reminds me of what happened with Colin Kaepernick. It sort of reminds me of what happened to Mark Jackson. It seems um, it don't look good. I can't, I don't want to put in too much into the whole um, investigation that's done. All right. But at this point, it's 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 uh, something not to smile not to smile back um, about that's you know a problem still in this in this world, man. Racism is is still a problem, and it, it needs to be fixed. Everybody should be on equal grounds, and it's still not like that yet, especially in America where we're supposed to be above and beyond everyone else. You know, we got the capability. We're just not delivering um i hope the best for him and it sounds like he's gonna get end up getting blackballed which is gonna be sad because he seems like a good coach and uh yeah i really don't got much to say about that except for that so i think that the great issue that we're dealing with is this is more than is bigger than the Giants is bigger than the Dolphins is bigger than the Broncos. It is a bigger issue because we've talked about this for years, right? Um, Brian Flores had no reason to be fired in the first place. He was nine and seven and one, one game away from going to the playoffs, right? It, he wasn't a GM that traded the first round pick away. So I understand why the GM has a job, but Brian Flores is penalized for a bad decision, a bad trade in the first place. Secondly, you know, we, we've seen this so play out so often in professional sports where black uh, coaches are on a shorter leash. Um, 
uh, even when I look at the Eagles organization, right? Deuce Staley has been deserving of being an offensive coordinator. They they made up a position just to avoid him getting an offensive coordinator, which makes zero sense. He was the most qualified guy in the room and one of the consummate professionals. But constantly, he was always never really considered for the head coach position, but given the interview, he was he was always um, getting the most out of the running backs, but never getting the respect he deserved. And so it speaks to the deeper issue. That's why, you know, earlier uh, during the pandemic when the NFL said, oh, we're going to have, um, um, we're going to have these, these, um, the Black National Anthem sung at, at every home game or at the first home game. It's like, yo, that's performative justice. It's not real justice. It's not the, what the issue we're talking about. It's not about being recognized. It's about you taking your foot off my neck and depriving me of economic mobility. I mean, and so as you sit down and talk about um, this issue, this issue of race with coaching is a deeper issue. And how many times have people like us gone into interviews as just a diversity hire or just as, oh, we got to meet a quota and not be taken seriously? Like, yo, why is you late to the meeting? If you are a major choice, why am I still coming in? You know, don't do those type of things. So, I mean, he needs to get his money. I'm sure he's going to be blackballed the rest of the way through. Uh, but, you know, enough is enough. A change is necessary. And so, I mean, you know, obviously we're all pretty much standing in accordance to basically what's going on. I mean, when you look at look at the league, there's only one black head coach, Mike Tomlin. Then it's not even really just football. You can just look at look at this all across sports. So you can look at this in basketball. We still have this conversation about black head coaches in basketball, right? The the Minnesota situation. I think it was once uh someone was fired, or yeah, I think someone was fired. That's Vanderpool on the bench they already had another coach lined up. Someone who is well qualified, then it's just a cycle that that just keeps continuing and continuing. And it's just like, look, Brian Flores understood what he was gonna do. Will he be paid? Yes. Will he be blackballed? more than likely because all of these owners are butt buddies you know what i mean yes they have these meetings every once in a while after the season or in the middle of the season but at the end of the day you know they all they're they're like politicians they're competing against each other but at the end of the day they're they're drinking coffee with each other or or hitting 18 on the green you know what i mean so ultimately it's going to be like, when is it going to come to a point to where we actually have represent true representation, right? Brian Flores, took the, he took the Dolphins from nothing to making them actually turning them around. You know what I mean? And I don't want to use him, but I can't remember his name. The, head, the previous head coach for, for the Texans, right? He walked into a dumpster fire. This dude got the best out of all of his players, right? Man went like four and twelve, and you can you can see that 
the players respected him. The roster just wasn't good. However, he was let go, right? So at the end of the day, the question is, look at your team. And when you have these other coaches, because I think I put it in the chat, like we're still waiting on the Byron Leftwich. We thought he was going to get the Jaguars job. Todd Bowles more than likely going to be up for another job. Uh, I wish I could say Brian Flores, but I almost want to ask a question. Do you believe if he is at some point not hired as a head coach that maybe it's going to be, it's going to be a harsh, a harsh situation, but do you think it's a small chance maybe Bill might still open or let out his hand for Brian. Now it could happen because look, you got Josh McDaniels. He's gotten so many chances and now he's finally taking a job, especially after he decided at the last minute to, to leave the Colts. So, I mean, there, there could be an opportunity there, but I don't know how tight, uh, Brian Flores and Bill is to the point to where Robert Kraft would be okay with taking that kind of backlash. So do y'all think that that could be a small possibility that if even if he doesn't get a head coaching position, would he just remain as as he is? Or if Bill provides that opportunity, he may take the opportunity. I think he would take the opportunity with Bill. And and um He's probably the only the only successful Bills protege in years. I forgot what was the other one. I think all Vrabel, him and Vrabel are the only like actual successful coaches successful like that that've come from out of the tree, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, the Giants such an idiot. I wanted Brian. I wanted Brian Flores. I knew what was gonna happen. He was a whole. It was a. I I like I said in the chat. I believe that um that they wanted him but the stinking owner and ceo made a promise that he's going to step off and allow the gm make this decision because if you remember when <laughs> in the past the giants had strange situations where they fired a gm and the coach was a part of the interview process and or the coach had to take the G, um the gm had to take the coach and it was a disaster from the get-go right and then they finally said, you know what? We're going to start from scratch. The Giants usually do is they, they hire within. Gellerman used to be a part of the Giants organization 15, 20 years ago. They, all the Giants coaches were some part in, 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 included in the family. And, 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 and all reports I've read, I might be wrong, the, the owner wanted Flores. He wanted, but I think he would have went back on his word that he was trying to give the GM a clean slate. And the GM said, yo, I want my dude. And I promised that my dude. So it's, 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 I'm not saying not fault in them. You ultimately are the owner and you should have stepped your foot down. You could have got another GM, <laughs> but ugh, this is just a hot mess. I think about back to the point, I think Belichick will give him opportunity to come back. And Belichick is all about winning. He don't care. If you could help him win, he will, he, you, you got a job. So someone bring clarity for me. Is he suing the NFL and teams or he's suing NFL teams? It NFL just says the NFL. Teams. Well, it said and teams? Yeah, and teams. Yeah. Oh. 
because he specifically points out the Giants. I just read it. The Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. Each one of those teams are listed on the lawsuit. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to sue to to work for someone who's suing you. I know I've I've in a much lower scale have been involved in a situation where someone's starting to sue the institution. And what the conference told me about that person is look, if they sue us, they're not working for us no more. So let them know that. So I have a, I, I highly doubt that while he's in the middle of litigation against the league that they're going to um, uh, have him have a job. The only way I could see this working out where he would get a job is that they're going to ask him to drop that lawsuit. That's the only way that's going to happen. They're going to do sort of like what Kaepernick, what they did with Kaepernick. Kaepernick was able to get a job again, but he would have he couldn't kneel no more. He couldn't protest unless it was on his own free time. You know they're going to give him rules. So it comes down to what's more important to him, him working in the NFL or him fighting for social justice. And that's what it's going to come down to. Now, I just think, I think he, he would be cool if he just stayed back. Like, I agree. Um, if he, if it's basically, like you said, if, if you're suing someone and expecting to come back, eh, I mean, I wouldn't expect it, but I think Flores understands and he and he said it, he understands how much he loves coaching football, but at the end of the day, we need to get our just due. Um, but I do hope everything works out, especially for him and in his favor uh, moving forward with this investigation, because I'm sure something will come out pretty soon. The Giants messed up. That coach would have brought us to the Super Bowl, Flores. That's all I have to say. The Giants. That's a wild take. Just real clear. That's a wild take. Y'all are a real bad issue right now. To say he would take her to the Super Bowl is a wild take. Who's worst situation, the Dolphins or the Giants? The The Giants are in the worst situation. No, stop it, Philadelphia. The Giants are the worst situation. You don't have a quarterback. Let me ask nephew, who's the worst situation? The Giants or the Dolphins? Uh... I would say the Dolphins, but not because of the way y'all think of. I say the Dolphins because the NFC East is one of the weakest ones, so it only takes a little bit to become number one in the East. Thank you. So Flores would have took us, if he could take the Dolphins. James, 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 come back, come back, come back. back. (laughs) Listen, listen. Here's what he's saying. He's saying that they have a better, like I'm saying from a roster, the better chance to go to Super Bowl. I'm saying from a roster perspective, the Dolphins have a better roster. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Okay. But they play in a I mean, division. how great of a roster you need to, you need to win the NFC East at this point. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I mean, to Philadelphia. Like I said, the Giants <laughs> would have went to the Super Bowl. I don't know win it, but the Giants would have went to the Super Bowl if you had Flores. If Flores could wake work his magic on a rusty old 1962 Mustang and made that thing start purring and looking shiny, and one more year he would have had it run into the playoff. What would have done with, with uh, Daniel Jones, who's better than Tula, and, and Shaquan Barkley in the defense? What, 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 he is a disciplinarian. He would have had that. He would have had the Giants purring, purring right into the Super Bowl, and we're due for another Super Bowl. But I, I digress. I apologize. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. But speaking of uh, going and winning Super Bowls, Tom Brady finally retired. <laughs> right and it doesn't sit right with me that he retired on the first day of of black history month 
Because shout out to February 1 and the A&T 4. That's why. But in all seriousness, um, reports came out over the weekend on, on Saturday from Adam Scheffner and Jeff Darlington from ESPN that more than likely Tom Brady is going to retire. So you know how that goes. Tom Brady likes, he likes theatrics because he be posting like hype videos and stuff. Well, due to this report, we didn't get one, but it did come out earlier this morning, which is uh, Tuesday. And I mean, look, as much as I don't like him, he's the GOAT. And most of the time, the GOAT is someone who you hate. So I respect him. Um, and I just wish the best for him, but just talk about him real quick. Uh, what is your most memorable moment of Tom Brady? And I guess we should let Phil go first. Cause we already know what he's going to talk about. <laughs> let me tell you this. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in the NFL does this far. This man, this man, this year finished, right? He finished with over 5,000 yards, 5,300 yards, right? It, with 43 touchdowns, one of the highest, top five in rating, his QBR at, at 102. But I do remember in 2007 when he led in, he led in several statistic areas. He led in yards attempt. He led in touchdowns. He led in uh, QBR rating. This dude was the best quarterback with Randy Moss. The went undefeated, went 18. 18. And I was sh- when we went to the Super Bowl, I was just happy we made it there with a nine and seven record. And I remember that look when Tom Brady, after Eli scored, and Tom Brady came on the field, and every Giants fan just held on because we know Tom Brady was coming back. And what he did. The Giants, I think Giants got him to throw an air ball, knocked it down in the first Super Bowl. And then the second Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Also, when he laughed at us, we're we going to hold him down to only like 14 points. He laughed at us. But in the second Super Bowl, once again, Brady thought he's going to get revenge. And the Giants said no. But the, most, but the New York paper had said it most. Check it on uh, our Instagram page. When the New York newspaper stated, where is it? I wanted to say the New York New York newspaper stated, the, uh, where is it? Dion sent it to the group chat. Oh man, where is it? The, when they, when the New York um, news New York network stated that the two-time Super Bowl champions retiring, who lost to the New York Jet and the Giants, I think that sums it all. Yeah. Tom Brady, who lost two Super Bowls to the Giants during his legendary 22 career, retires. I think that says it all. <laughs> Tom Brady, you're the greatest. Eli, you're the GOAT. <laughs> uh, my favorite Tom Brady that was a uh, memory that was favorable, that had nothing to do with my team, was when he went into Super Bowl and beat the greatest show on turf. I mean, ultimate underdog story after 9-11, Patriots come out and just beat up 
on the greatest show on turf and with that game winning field goal by Adam Vinatieri. That was just such such a classic game. Um, and obviously, from from a completely biased standpoint, my favorite Tom Brady moment is playing against him at full strength, fully confident, trying to him trying to beat us, taking us fully seriously. And Brandon Graham strip sacks him and seals the Philadelphia Eagles' first Super Bowl victory. So I would probably say the most memorable, not related to my team, is 28 to 3. <laughs> 28 to 3, man. Because I remember watching it. I'm like, dang, man, they might run these boys out. But then I was like, you know what? If they get if they get a few if they get a few three and outs to start off at the beginning of the second half, they might have a chance. Now I wasn't rooting for them, but I was like, I just want them to make this a game. And my home grab was like, nah, it's over because we're both Steelers fans and we was watching it at Fox and Hound in North Lake. So I was like, you can just feel you can just feel the shift. Like you could feel it. So I'm just sitting there watching and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, I said, why did Matt Ryan throw it away? He should have took the set to keep the clock running. What? Uh, man, that, that was probably, I was probably like the wildest thing because that's what, that's what really made Jiglana Jiglana. Like, there is no there is no better story to how to be a jig than that particular game. Now Georgia's starting to slowly come out of that curse, but that 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 franchise, the Philcons, will still let you down. I I don't got not one good thing to remember about Tom Brady. The best thing he did was leave the AFC. Now the second best thing he did was retire. I don't got one good thing to remember of the man. All right, yeah, out of here. Now I will admit he's probably the greatest quarterback that ever done it, even in his cheating ways of four rings. All right, but you're gone. All right, fat fat. I'm gonna throw a party. Tom Brady, you invited. It's just a me and you party. We would eat cake, ice cream. We would do it all together. All right, but you're out of here. All right. For, I don't know, what was it? Eight, wait, he played for what, 20 years? 22? 22. For 20 years, 19 years, you stopped my Steelers. Yeah, you ain't stopping nothing now. The only thing you stopping is your kids, uh, your kids throwing an interception during their preschool games, all right? Get out of here, Tom Brady. I don't got not one good memory of you. Matter of fact, I do. My best memory of you was the second year in Ben Rossberg's career when we beat you with a field goal and kicked you out in the playoff. That's my best story. That was the greatest moment of my Tom Brady career. You know, it's funny. Jalen Ramsey said it. Said it too. What he said, he said that the greatest quarterback, the last, the last uh, touchdown thrown was to him. <laughs> Jalen <Yeah>. Ramsey. <laughs> that was hilarious. Jalen Ramsey, but um. My non, my non favorite moment of not including my team was probably last year to see a guy my age win it all. Like give, he gave hope to old people that you could still do in your old age. So I do remember that, and I appreciate the two rings you gave us. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
<laughs> now, speaking of great quarterbacks and one that is still with a long future ahead of them, Patrick Mahomes, as we know, they lost to the Hootay Bengals, Joe Burr and Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. Uh, they lost. I mean, they was up, you know, 21-3. And, you know, they Bengals made it interesting for 21-10. They got the ball back with, you know, I would say probably about a little under two minutes left. They they marched right down the field, five seconds left to halftime, and uh, five seconds left, out of timeouts. They, they throw some janky play out to the flats to Tariq Hill. Eli Apple, who was getting chewed up that whole first half, made a play. And later on, as the game went on, it came back to bite them in the butt. So did the Chiefs get too greedy for their own good? This is what I call an Andy Reid special. Say it like, again. This, Say it again. This is what I call an Andy Reid special. <laughs> A game that was in the bag that they should have won, that they just started to poorly manage the clock. They took the foot off the pedal and they let an inferior team come back and beat them. I watched this happen when the Eagles played Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship. Now, that, now this is different because we just, we just choked the whole way through. I watched this happen with Andy Reid. Now, this one was less his fault, but still his fault. Uh, when um, Donovan Nagy got hurt and Donovan McNabb got hurt in the NFC Championship game, and the Panthers beat us to advance the Super Bowl. And then I mean, there's just so many times I just remember, like, yo, this is a game we should have won, and, and somehow or another we, we blow it because Andy Reid takes his foot off of the pedal. Um, Patrick Mahomes, if you think about it, the only Super Bowl wins Patrick Mahomes has is really based upon San Francisco choking and not based upon, upon uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes winning. I think the real question is becomes, is Patrick Holmes great enough to overcome Andy Reid's lack of postseason adjustment and clutch, clutchness? So, yes, they got greedy, like the Patriots against the Giants in that 08 Super Bowl when they should have kicked the field goal and they disrespected them. Um, but at the end of the day, this was a classic Andy Reid game where they should have won, but they blew it. Of course, they got greedy. And don't forget Andy Reid in the Super Bowl with T.O. <laughs> and Donovan McVeigh because they, they, they went off key. Andy Reid loved to throw that ball. Any opportunity he could get to score seven points, six points minimum, he's going for it. And he wanted to put make a statement instead of playing the correct way because you had the ball back. So get take the three, right? Or clock it. Why are you throwing a screen pass in that short yardage? You know Cheetah needs more room to burst and get in front. 
but he threw less than five seconds. If you don't have it, throw it away. Give one second to set up and kick the field goal. Go for the sure one. And you didn't. So thank you, Andy Reid. I think I thought you was, I thought you was wearing a Philadelphia jacket. <laughs> you were that sideline. <laughs> and I'm not gonna blame the enemy for that one. I think you the enemy wanted to go for the field goal, and you said, I want the seven points. I want to bury this team. I want to show them. Should have kept it simple. Keep it simple. Kick the field goal. And what y'all lost by? A field goal. <laughs> What would have happened at worst if you kicked the field goal? Yeah, we had tied over time, and y'all would have went on to the championship, and you made me look foolish. But you know what? Just like Aaron Rodgers, I'm not. I'm no longer. I'm. The, I don't bet, but bolster for big games. Aaron Rodgers and Andy Reid, not Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers and Andy Reid. They'll fail you in the big game. You know what me and Jim Brown got in common. We're both before our time, all right? Because I already knew what was going to happen. Listen, let me tell you, it wasn't Andy Reid's fault. It wasn't the Chief's fault. I predicted it, so it came true. I must be from the future, all right? Because I saw this happening. And I told you it was going to happen. I told you it was going to be Rams versus Bengals. I said it. I said it. I must be from the future. Because I am, I am seeing things that didn't happen yet, all right? Maybe I should play the lottery. All right, because I look like I'm a winner today. Listen, what happened during the, during the AFC game was exactly what was supposed to happen. I said the Bengals were going to win, so it didn't matter what happened or what transpired, what play they didn't do, the Bengals were going to win. All right, call me James Adamas, all right, because I'm telling y'all what's happening, okay? If y'all ever want another future prediction, this is why we're this. This is where I got this. Because I'm old, because a lot of times I'm right. By the way, Rams is gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to disappoint all y'all Bengal fans or people who want the Bengals to win, but I'm telling you the future. All right. I'm from like 2123, I think. Somewhere from around there. I'm trying to help you guys out. All right. Call me an X-Men. All right. So I'll say this. I mean, the obvious answer is yes. And I often wonder does Andy Reid believe in analytics? Because in this situation, right? I mean, most people would be like, yeah, we'll take the three and then we get the ball back. Well, I'm wondering if Andy Reid think, okay, we get a touchdown, we get the ball back. They ain't really been able to stop us yet. And more than likely, it's a good chance that we'll score again. I'm wondering if that was really his thought process because at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes was getting outside the pocket in the first half, running all over the field, getting yards at a clip when necessary. And in the second half, I mean, the Bengals defense just decided to show up. They dropped, they occasionally dropped, uh, dropped eight in the coverage. They had one man like occasionally spying here and there. But the one thing that's always important is they stayed in their lanes. So in situations to where you can't get to Patrick Mahomes, hey, man, once you start moving, just be present. <laughs> Don't chase. <laughs> be present. Be in that lane. It's, it's, it's all about lane integrity. 
that's really what it comes down to. And they just did that just to give the Bengals a chance because every time it seemed like one thing happened, it's like, look, if the Bengals don't score a touchdown here, it's a wrap. Next thing you know, screen the perin, down, touchdown. Oh, all right. Let's, let's see. Oh, oh, three and out. Oh, three missed passes. Oh, oh. This looks like looks like we're about to get a, a a nice encore from last week, the way everything's shaping up. But you know, at the end of the day, Joe Burr is Joe Burr. And I was really trying to talk myself out of not trying to pick them because Phil remembers last week I was like they got the same weapons I was really trying hard like not to talk myself out of not picking them and I mean I knew better and this is the second time I gotta apologize to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase so will the third time be a charm but we're gonna have to wait and see because we're not gonna do predictions this week but speaking of the Super Bowl, we got two quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford came over from the Lions in the Super Bowl, doing what Jared Goff, I mean, Jared Goff did, but not exactly at this level. And you got Joe Burr, Joe Burrow, going to the Super Bowl. And I still find this amazing. The dude just won a natty two years ago, and now he's going to a Super Bowl in the second year. That is madness. Now, there's a list of people who've just been in the Super Bowl in their second year, but to do what he did, he would be the first. So the question is, who's the bigger story going leading up into the Super Bowl, uh, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. I mean, I think Matt Stafford, yeah, it's a big story, but I feel as if Joe Burrow being a second-year player, being on a team that was 2-14 and 14, um, before they drafted him, and then with the bad offensive line and still doing what he's doing, it's extremely impressive because they weren't supposed to be here. Matthew Stafford and the Rams were predicted to be in this, in this conversation when they, when they brought him into Los Angeles. So, you know, shout out to Matthew Stafford, you know, showing everyone that it was Detroit, not him. Maybe. But uh, I think that um, Joe Burrow is a bigger story uh, because he did it. And then he came back down 21 to three. Was it 21 to three? They were down big yep. uh, to the, honestly, the best team in football and came back to win. I will have to disagree. I think Matthew Stafford is the biggest story. I mean, do you see the Lions this year? Have you seen them since Matthew Stafford left? That man carried that team. Oh, man, that team is horrible. Listen, Matthew Stafford for, what was it? How long have he been in the league? 12, 13 years? And every chance they got, man, they doubted that man. Oh, he's the future. They, he came in as, oh, he's the future. He's going to save a franchise. To this man can't win a game. This man can't make it in the playoff. This man is never going to be the man. And he went, he was like, listen, I just need a, I just need a team. Just give me a team. Not to show you that I'm an elite quarterback. He reminds me of uh, Phillip Rivers with the accuracy and the throwing and all that. You know what I'm saying? If Phillip Rivers had a little bit of a better team, he probably would have won a Super Bowl real easily. That's what he reminds me of. You know, it's Matthew Stafford is the better story. No, I'm not saying 
Because if you look at Joe Bort, well, I mean, what else do he got to prove? He proved he's the future. He proved he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league when after, in a couple of years. He already proved what he needed to prove, regardless if he wins the Super Bowl or not. Matthew Stafford, if he don't win the Super Bowl, they're going to talk mess about him the whole way through. This is it for him. He don't win, that's it. They're going to clown him. Joel Burrows, they got nothing bad, even if he loses. Even if they lose, like, 42 to 0, they're not going to say nothing bad about him. They're going to be like, he's the future. You obviously see what he could do. This is his second year. He already did this. He got a future. This is it. All right? It's sort of like Chris Paul and Tony Romo. This is it. This is your time, Matthew Stafford. You don't do it, get ready to get clowned on for the rest of your career. This is, I have to agree with my nephew because Joe Burrows, this is second year. It looks great. It looks sweet. But we tend to look at the old person in the park. Why is he doing in the park? Why he can't do this? And the biggest joke in the NFL has been Matthew Stafford. And the excuse was, oh, I can't do it. You know, I don't have the team. You know, Matthew Stafford, they only been twice that the Lions had a winning record since Matthew Stafford played for them. And that was in 2011 and also in 20, 2014. That's it. That's it. And other than that, they had the closest, well, 9-7. and seven, The Giants won the Super Bowl 9-7. So we could give them two 9-7. And, and they made the playoff three times during his stunt as a, um, a Detroit Lion. So the biggest story is, can he win the Super Bowl when the team is stacked? Because the greatest disappointment will be if the Rams lose the Super Bowl. The biggest embarrass will be, embarrassment will be if the Rams lose the Super Bowl. Like my nephew said, Joe Burrows, he could lose. And they say, hey, watch out for him next year. You know, if they win, What's gonna be the what's gonna be the storyline, the narrative? Matthew Stafford couldn't do it. He had everything in his line. So the pressure's on him. The story is for him. The greatest story gonna be written will be about him. Actually be able to persevere, persevere through the situation and all the years and he was injured in Detroit and Detroit never put a great team around him. The last time they were great, really, when they had um Megatron. So that's why I'm I'm gonna even that Sue. They had they had they had oh never mind. Detroit had some players, but they couldn't get it put together. So now Matthew Stafford in a good situation and golf is now dealing with three and thirteen. So Matthew Stafford, this is the greatest story. Can he will a stack team to the, uh to obtain a Super Bowl? Well, I'm going to tell you where I disagree with you in, in part of that. Because what if the game ends up similar to what we saw the experience of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and he loses? See, the thing is this. You can't lose because of you. It can't be like a Jimmy G situation. I, I can't be the reason we're in the game. And for all of the years in Detroit, that was Matthew Stafford. 
right? Like I kind of see these these two players almost almost the same, except Joe Burrow has already done it quicker, but we still have to wait to see if there will be some consistency. Because I mean, obviously they're not supposed to be here, right? But with the mindset that he has with the weapons that he has around them. I mean, this almost is similar to like what I was talking about last week. Joe, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Now we can go ahead and shift over to the, you know what I mean? To the Rams, Matthew Stafford. Um, you can throw Cam Akers in, in there if you want to. Uh, Cooper Cup, Odell. Throw Van Jefferson in there if you want to. So, I mean, they both have weapons. The bigger story is, I'm gonna say, is Joe Burrow, because they have no reason. They have no reason to be here. Like. It's like, look, the NFC was wide open. There were a good number of teams uh, who we could have said that could have been there. It could have been the Packers. It could have been the Bucks. It could have been uh, the Rams. Like, honestly, it was really like only like legitimately those three teams. And we still, and we felt, we felt the same way about the AFC, like beginning of the year, we was like, yo, are, are the Chiefs the same? The Bills look like they're coming. Lamar got hurt later on. So we kind of really didn't know who was who. Where the Titans going to be good because they got Julio Jones now and you got Derrick Henry and then you got AJ Jones or AJ Brown. So, and the thing is with Joe Burrow is this dude this dude transformed. I'm gonna I'm steal this 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 quote from from Ryan Clark because he's absolutely right. We have never ever, never ever seen anybody transform a college program who was the lack who always had the lack of a quarterback but always had the talent transform that franchise into what they were to win a national title and then you do the same thing with an NFL franchise to me that is a bigger story because it's like dude no one just comes back from like an ACL injury and just do the things he does like the dude is different they would say get him alignment nah give me my boy and you know how we feel about certain players when we try to put people on jobs because, you know, we want them to eat. But now nah, get my boy. Hasn't let him down yet. So I would say that this story, some people want to call it a Cinderella story. Cool. Whatever. I don't really care. But that guy that's hitting the gap, get, he's the bigger story to me. There's, there's something about your story, Alan, that... that it's already make it another story. He already proved it. It's just like you said, he took the team. 
to the national champion. He already proved it. He already proved he could do it. The only story there is is that he wins the whole thing. But to Matthew Stafford, the story was that he could never do anything. His story, it's like Tony Romo. His story ends at this Super Bowl. Because let's be honest, do you really think the Rams are going to make it back again? Depends what their roster looks like next year, honestly. I mean, that's 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 just projecting of what the future will look like for them. I mean, they already don't have any oh. draft picks. Since I'm never wrong, let me tell you, no, they're not going to go back again with Matthew Stafford, okay? This is his one and only time. It's like the Tony Romo story, right? When Dez actually caught the ball, he should have went to the Super Bowl, but that's a whole other thing. This is it for him. This is his legacy. Joe Barrow still got 18 more years to make a legacy. This is it for Matthew Stafford. He's either going to be known as a good quarterback or a champion quarterback. But but I said it earlier though. You can you can hop into because I think he was about to say something, Evan. That if if Matthew Stafford loses and it's the same situation as Josh Allen and they both put up numbers and they didn't lose because of this, that's why this is why football is the ultimate team sport. <laughs> you have to rely on everybody to do their job. But there's and, always that one person that's going to get the blame, and it's going to be Matthew Stafford, no matter uh, what. I mean, I mean, of course it is, but you know, we 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 do have objective people. <laughs> well, that's the name is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got very little blame. Anyway, here's the thing: it's not like the Rams are not going to Super Bowl before with an inferior quarterback. Facts. Number two, let's not act like they don't have as Alan alluded to, they have went all in. They don't have draft picks. They don't have, you know, they have Jalen Ramsey. They have a top tier, a top, they got Aaron Donald. They have Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup. I mean, the, the Rams are loaded. I mean, I think most quarterbacks can put in their plug and play. So I don't think this redefines uh Stafford's legacy because it's not like he went to a pretty good team and elevated them he went to a team that was stacked and then added more players during the course of the year and continued to carry them now this is not a shot at Matthew Stafford but Joe Burrow's story is more significant because he's killing the game with a rookie wide receiver who's tearing up the league like like Justin Jefferson he beat the top guys, guys, don't get this twisted. He beat the top team in football. Now, I will say that the Chiefs took the victory for granted. But he beat the top team in football. The team that he up upended the team that's gone to Super Bowl the last two years in a row. This is a much bigger story than Matthew Stafford. Because as I said before, people projected Matthew Stafford and the Rams to go to Super Bowl or to be in the in the final four as soon as as soon as the trade happened. So all this is is they're doing what they're supposed to do. No, no, offense, no offense is LA. They they think they're gonna make it every year. All right. Every year they'd say they're gonna make it to the final four. So that's not the same the Cowboys, James. This ain't the Cowboys. No, no, it's LA. They still think the Lakers are gonna win a championship. All right. Come on, man. This ain't nothing new. I, I just want to add, because of all the information you just incite us with, the biggest story is gonna be 
the Rams had it stacked and they lost. This almost, almost cl very close to the Tom Brady and the year the Giants beat them when they were undefeated. The story, the story is not that the Giants defeat them. Everyone said Aaron Rodgers lost, right? <laughs> and, and, but he was able to recoup his, um, his, his legacy, you know, after the Giants beat him twice. But it still entails that if Stafford lose, the story is going to be he had everything for him and they lost. And I feel it may rob the essence of Joe Burrow. But the storyline is going to be the Rams lost and they went all in. And was it worth it? And did what they came, what they gave up to get Matthew Stafford and he wasn't able to deliver. And this is a stain of his legacy. Versus, it only, it only versus, matters if they didn't, if they lost because of him. If they didn't lose because of him, that won't be the story. But they're gonna say that they didn't win because they, they didn't win because of him. The whole reason was the missing link for the Rams was the quarterback. It was a quarterback, and they got the quarterback they needed. If the Bengals win, they're not gonna talk about the bank. They'll give the Bengals they do credit, but it's gonna be the storyline and the narrative is gonna be that the Rams faulted the Rams. No matter how it could be the same way, um, Kansas City and the um, Kansas City Chiefs and versus the, the 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 bills and how over time and they never got the ball back they're still going to say they bought matthew stafford to be in a situation to win and he didn't come through so the pressure is on matthew stafford not joe burrow and the storyline is going to over revolve around the rams no matter what happens whether the rams win or lose the storyline is going to revolve around them i mean i do agree that he has more pressure that I do agree with, but I don't, but that's only the, that's only the story if they lose because of him. If they don't lose because of him, then he can't be like, after Josh Allen left, did they say they lost because of Josh Allen? No, they did not. But right? jo Josh, the, the difference between Allen is that this is his what, third, sixth year, probably he's sixth year. He's but, still new. No, but the thing Matthew Stafford been twelve years in the NFL, and everybody but, been raving about this dude, and all he have ever done was get the team, his his Detroit team, to three playoffs, and they lost each of the first round. Twelve coming, years versus two years. Coming from the man that lives in LA, no matter what, it's Matthew Stafford's fault. All right, they're gonna blame him. It's LA. Just like if we if the Lakers don't win a championship, it's LeBron's fault. It doesn't matter. He put up historic numbers. So well, like, well, I'm gonna agree with you. It is LeBron's fault because he he gave the okay for it. That's 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 where we will agree. But but yeah, uh, we're gonna agree to disagree on this topic here. But ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another episode of a Lady and Some Dudes podcast. Make sure that you check us out on the different platforms that we list on and wherever you listen to your podcast. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.